You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1332 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you deep into the night on a Wednesday. It's October 19th into October 20th as you're listening to this podcast on Thursday. And thank you for joining us, as always, on the podcast, making it your first listen each and every day. Check us out across podcast platforms at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher on the audio side, as well as YouTube on the video side. And today's episode will be the breakdown of the season opener for the Hawks in a 117-107 to victory at home. I was in the building for tonight's win for the Hawks and uh, a nice across-the-board performance. It wasn't dominant necessarily, uh, but a 10-point win despite modest perimeter shooting in this one. The Hawks were effective in the paint for the most part on offense. Then defensively, they forced a lot of turnovers. They weren't perfect by any means, but they beat a team that they're better than that. That's what you need to do in the NBA to sort of get where you need to go overall. They had four 20-point scores in this game, including DeJounte Murray with 20 and 11 in his debut with the Hawks. Trey Young, John Collins, and of course, DeAndre Hunter as well got there. And uh, a pretty intriguing performance across the board from the Hawks. And we'll get into all of that stuff. Um, if you're a new listener to the podcast, what we do on these game nights is break down all the angles from this game. That includes like how the game went game flow wise, some takeaways, individual player analysis, and much more. And we'll dive in right now with all the context that you're looking for for this particular game. Um, on the pregame side, I mentioned this on the previous show, actually, that went up on Tuesday. But the, the Rockets are not exactly the greatest team in the world. Now, they are talented. They are young but they are talented. Uh, they finished with 21, 20 wins last year. They were bottom five in the league offensive defense. So that kind of leads you to what I'm about to say, that Hawks were actually 10-point favorites in this game. According to our friends at Bet Online. that was the second largest point spread of the night in the NBA. Only the Wolves were a bigger favorite against the Thunder, and even that was only like 10.5 or 11. So the Hawks were one of the bigger favorites in the entire league today. Part of that was the injury stuff as well, and that Houston was missing Deshaun Tate in this game, probably their best defensive player. Now, to be fair, the Hawks were without Bogdanovich in this one. Trey Young did miss practice on Tuesday with an illness, but was at shoot-around, though, on Wednesday, ended up playing and playing his normal his normal role in this one, so no concerns there. Um, no, notable that Bogdanovich is still out. If, you're, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would know that, but if you are not, um, he's still out as he recovers from the right knee surgery that he had over the offseason. And on the broadcast, actually, he was a guest on the broadcast on Valley Sports Southeast tonight, and he uh, basically did not give a timetable for his return when he was asked about that. No surprise there. The Hawks have kind of gone out of their way to not give a timetable for Bogey, so we're all kind of guessing at this stage, but he was not uh, He was not dressed. He was not anywhere close to being ready to go, at least by this point in time. And uh, I will say this. The most interesting thing that actually happened before the game started was Trey Young was asked, I think, probably by the team to address the crowd for the opener, um, sort of on the microphone right before tip-off. And he, and he he said the following sentence in his uh, address to the to the crowd via the PA system, quote, we look forward to holding up the trophy at the end of the year, end quote. Uh, obviously, you would want that to be what your best player said, and everybody wants to win the championship. That's a good team in the NBA, but I know that that, that sort of made the rounds nationally because people were kind of tweeted it, including myself. So uh, Trey was some confidence there at the top, and you don't always hear that from, from anybody, but he was definitely not uh, shy in that setting, and that was pretty interesting to kind of hear them say that out loud. But anyway... As for the game itself, it wasn't the greatest start for the Hawks in this one. Now, it was DeJounte Murray scoring the first bucket of the season, which is kind of fitting as he arrives from San Antonio. A nice pull-up jump shot. Right before that, actually, uh, actually right, right after that, I should say, a couple of air balls from the Hawks. Trey had one that was pretty funny, actually on a, on a deep pull-up three. 
And then Hunter had one as well. Maybe some early jitters in the first game of the season. A couple of uh, weird plays there. Capella was really active early on, though. Had a block and drew a charge. Actually, uh, notable that old friend Bruno Fernando started this game for the Rockets. And uh, at center, that was interesting. He actually played, played quite, quite well in this game. John Collins made a joke after the game that Bruno was not quite that springy when he was in Atlanta. But I thought he actually played well in this one, just as, a, as an aside for uh, diehard Hawks fans that might remember the Bruno Fernando era. Um, John Collins, though, was really good. In this one, he started out the game with a nice face-up possession against Jabari Smith, the uh, number three overall pick, and ended up shooting just a jump shot over him. Jabari had a lot of trouble stopping John Collins in this game. But in general, the Hawks were struggling out of the gate. They were 4-15 from the floor. They were 0-4 from three as a team. At the outset, Trey missed his first four shots. One was blocked and actually led to a huge Jalen Green dunk in transition that led to a timeout by Nate McMillan. The Hawks were behind early on in this one. Trey's actual first bucket of the season came on a good off-ball possession, though, which was, which was pretty encouraging. Obviously, a lot of discussions about how he and DeJounte be working together. But his first bucket of the year was on a sort of a curl play that he caught and was led downhill by by a Murray pass for a nice finish around the rim. Also, DeAndre Hunter had a couple of nice rim attacks early in this one. He was very efficient in this game. Um, the Hawks were down, though, early for the first quarter. I will say this, rotation-wise, there were no surprises for me. Um, it was Jalen Johnson first, about halfway through the first quarter. No surprise there. He had actually had a nice drive to get to the line, right, basically right out of the gate when he came in the game. And within the next minute, it was both holidays, Aaron and Justin. Aaron at guard and Justin on the wing. And then a Kongwu um, came in after that. And that was it for rotation stuff the entire game. The Hawks basically used the same rotation in both halves. And only nine guys played in this one. No A.J. Griffin. That was, he was sort of the odd man out. That's kind of what I predicted would happen. If they used 10, I think it would have probably – Ben Griffin for the shooting, but the Hawks kind of have a clear-cut top nine right now with Bogey still out, and it involves both holidays, Akongwu and then Jalen as sort of the ninth man as a backup power forward. So we'll come back to that later on, but that was kind of the rotation, at least the feel of this one. And just as it was in the preseason, Trey played the entire first quarter and the entire third quarter and then gave way to the Murray plus bench unit early in the second and fourth quarters, and that kind of worked out for the most part how it was supposed to work out. The Hawks, though, were definitely turning up the intensity defensively, when the holidays came into the game in particular, the Rockets, um, as we talked about a little bit last night on the show, the Rockets were dead last in the league last year in um, ball security. So turning the ball over the most times per game in the NBA. And that definitely uh, reared its head in this one. The Rockets had all kinds of issues kicking the ball around. They had 10 points off turnovers. The Hawks did in the first nine minutes. And the biggest run of the game, actually, for Atlanta in some in some respects was actually early in the first quarter. It was an 18 to four push from down by six to up by eight late in the first quarter. The defense was much better when the holidays came in. Both guys are really active. Aaron holiday got credited and rightly so with getting into ball handlers had two quick steals at the outset. Justin had actually a great uh, help side block at the rim. And those guys definitely are just solid vets that know where to be. And that was definitely a nice um, sort of ejection defensively, but the Hawks were up by six at the end of the first quarter, despite shooting 0 of six from three um, offensively, it was kind of a mess, but the turnovers were the story really early and often. The Hawks had 12 points off turnovers in the first quarter. That was a lot. That's a lot for a half, much less a quarter. And uh, Trey was two of nine. But other than that, everybody else was just fine for the most part early on. And the bench unit was plus eight in that first quarter and uh, definitely functioning at a pretty high level. Um, Elsewhere, as as I mentioned before, it was was the second unit for the most part to start the second quarter. Um, That unit is very shooting challenged. Um, That's not a new revelation necessarily, but if you just kind of think about it player by player, um, they have four guys who can shoot on that unit. You have DeJounte Murray, of course, is a capable enough shooter. You have Aaron Holiday, who can make a jump shot for sure. You have Justin Holiday, same thing, a guy who's more, more than capable. Jalen Johnson is at least capable of shooting threes. Kong Wu maybe in the future, not quite there yet. 
but at the same time, no plus shooters on that unit. So that was a, there was definitely a lack of spacing and up, you know, it helps to have DeJounte Murray to be, able to, to be able to run, pick and roll. And they were effective at times with him and Kongwu in that setting and him and Johnson even. But there's a little bit less space than you would want because of the lack of you know knockdown shooters on that unit. Definitely kind of showed itself, I thought, on tape a few different times. But that unit didn't play a ton together in the first in the first uh, half because they brought Collins in pretty quickly for Jalen Johnson. Jalen kind of had an up and down, up and down game, not bad, but necessarily uh, he was definitely the ninth man out of nine. That's for sure. Collins had a couple of great reps against Jabari Smith, went right through him for a, a bucket, um, definitely showing him kind of the veteran nature of that matchup. Um, Murray actually got a nice showcase moment with a big dunk by himself on the fast break. Um, the crowd definitely liked that one a lot in the second quarter. Also, again, ran some nice pick and roll stuff with the Kongwu at that point. But then Houston got going on offense early in the second quarter. They scored 17 points in the first four and a half minutes of the second quarter to take a lead, actually. Nate was not happy. A couple of pretty bad breakdowns defensively, and then also some credit to them, some good shot making from the Rockets at that stage. The starters came in basically midway through the second quarter again. Uh, the Hawks didn't have a three in this game for the first 17 and a half minutes. John Collins finally made one. They missed their first eight and actually came on a, a nice behind-the-back path by Trey Young as well. Like, but Collins was really good and really efficient the entire game. Had 11 points in his first 11 minutes. Nate was kind of going um, through him at a couple different times, which is probably the right thing to do with the way he was playing and uh, Houston's power forward issues in this one. The Hawks did go up by double digits at one point in the first half after a 7-0 run. There was a big crowd pop explosion with Trey making a deep three on the right wing, and then he actually had five, five points in a row to go up 11. Um, I thought that he was a little bit more under control after the slow start which is what you want to see when he's not like firing all cylinders, kind of play within himself, a little bit more passing, a little bit more efficiency, uh, at least angling for that. And uh, I'll say this, with four minutes to go in the first half, Trey DeJounte already had 13 combined assists. That's a lot for a game, much less a uh, less than a half. A 15 in the first half overall, and we'll get back to that later on, but definitely a lot of uh, assist and passing going on from those two guys. Defensively, the Hawks were not great down the stretch of the first half. The offense was pretty good, um, I will say. Back-to-back pick-and-roll stuff from Young and Collins. And really, Houston had no answers for that pick-and-roll. Um, not that anybody does. Trey and John is arguably the best pick-and-roll combination in the entire league, and that was definitely the case on this one. They were uh, kind of unguardable when they were cooking at that point in time. But the Hawks were up by nine at the half, and it looked like they were going to be pretty comfortable in this one at times. They shot well in the first half of the game, and actually in the second quarter, they had 11 assists and no turnovers. In the quarter, that's pretty nice. They won nine offensive rating, not special necessarily, but they have three guys in double digits, double figures, I should say, in the first half, despite only shooting two, two of twelve from three. And again, the big edge was turnovers. The Hawks had thirteen fast break points in the first half. Again, keyed by turnovers by the Rockets, and uh, the defense held Houston to less than a point per possession for the most part in this game. We'll have more in the second half, as you might expect, as well as some takeaways, big picture stuff, individual breakdowns, and more. But first, a word from our sponsors on the show today. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Football season continues, and Bet Online is the number one source for all of your wagering information across the board in pro college football this season. Find all the latest developments, the game matchups, the news, and the podcasts they're looking for at Bet Online, including the weekend slate and all the information that you need with regard to the next couple of days of action. Bet Online is also the continuing source for wagering information that includes live betting and esports and live scores. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to consume every sport you have interest in at this point. On this show, we talk about the NBA, and there's plenty to focus on in the NBA. Even now the season is underway, there are game lines each and every day. There are props every night. Future bets still available on which teams will win the East and the West and the NBA title and much more. And beyond the NBA, Bet Online has odds and lines on college sports and baseball, MMA, 
boxing, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, soccer, entertainment bets, and much more. Head to bet online right now on your mobile devices or computer to learn more about all the trends and the action across the sports world. Bet online where the game starts. All right, and for a brief moment in the third quarter early on, it felt like the Hawks might run away with this game. In fact, it was 14. The Hawks believe it was 14 almost right away in the first like minute, minute and a half of the third quarter. Collins hit a three, and he had been great to that point again. Had 20 points in his first 19 minutes on the floor, but the Rockets immediately countered with an 11-2 run, bringing the, the, the lead down to five. Houston scored on five straight trips, and it was uh, kind of the reality this game was going to be not a blowout at any point. It really wasn't all the way to the end. Uh, it, did, it did kind of stabilize mid-quarter, and the Hawks led by 12 again at one point. Basically the same rotational stuff. Jalen played the fewest minutes. He actually came out um, quickly both times. Congo played the most and played deep into the fourth quarter, which was justified for sure. They had a very bad sequence, though, with like four minutes to go in the third quarter. Aaron Holiday had a steal, then took a pretty bad three, actually kind of uncharacteristic of him. Uh, missed that one transition, and the Hawks turned it over twice in a row after that. Kind of kicked the ball around for like three straight minutes, basically. And when the lead, when that, when that sort of ended, the lead was down to six. And it was much more perilous. Um, by the way, at that timeout, I tweeted this, but the Hawks were 1 of 15 from three other than John Collins. Collins was 2 of 2. The rest of the team is 115. That's tough to do. Um, right after that, though, Justin Holiday made one kind of mercifully, and it wasn't quite as bad from that point forward, but still pretty ugly. There was a great possession late in the third quarter that I wanted to highlight from a Kongwu, who was really good in this game. Um, he, caught a, he caught a pass to the high post, did sort of a fake dribble handoff, and then faced up, scored over Sangoon, and really was efficient and effective and like purposeful with his movements. I thought he was really good at times in this one. Um, Houston, though, got within two late in the third. We're down by four at the end of the third quarter. Um, the Hawks didn't implode or anything like that, but they had five turnovers in the third quarter after only two in the entire first half of this game. And then Houston finally had a, a quarter when they did when they basically did not turn the ball over at all in the third, and that was a pretty big swing in their favor. Um, in the fourth, though, the Holiday brothers had a couple of nice plays, again, especially early on in the fourth quarter. Justin had a steal and then saved it behind his back that led to uh, Aaron hitting a three in transition. And then the next possession, Justin had an assist to Jalen Johnson in transition for, to go up by nine points, a nice little run by those guys. Still, though, the Hawks were not able to pull away in this game. To their credit, Houston kind of had a knack in this one for like clustering makes together. Whenever the Hawks went up by like 10 or 12, it was kind of a nice little reaction every time from the Rockets. Akongu had some foul trouble. He had four fouls in his first like 16 and a half minutes on the court, um, kind of going over the back. And the Hawks were only up by three at that point in time. It was a big collision with John Collins and Josh Christopher. Unfortunately, um, nobody uh, ended up having to come out of the game on that one, but still kind of a gruesome play. But the Hawks were only up by three like pretty late into this game. Uh, they got a stop, though, on the first trip. And had actually, DeAndre Hunter had a nice um, fast break dunk in this one where he was really sort of aggressive and decisive going to the rim hard and finishing with a big wind-up dunk. That was nice to see. And then a huge sequence by DeJounte Murray that might have been the biggest single sequence of the entire game with like, I don't know, five minutes to go. He had a three, a, a sort of a pull-up to go up by eight points. That was a big shot. And then got a steal and had this awesome pass to Okongwu for a, a bucket in transition. Um, Okongwu did miss a free throw. That could have been a three-point play, but still a great play there by the Hawks and by Murray to go up by 10 at that stage. And from there, it never got like super close again. It was six or seven a couple times. Um, Capella had a nice jump shot. Capella had a huge block, actually. At a timeout with three and a half minutes to go, it was a six-point lead from the Hawks. But Trey broke the paint, 
found Hunter for a three to go up by nine. They got a stop with Capella uh, again, walling off the rim. And then Hunter followed up a Trey missed a transition with a bucket. And it was 111 to 100. It was never really in doubt again. The Hawks did let the lead get down to six in the final minute, but it was really never in doubt because the free throw shooting between Trey Young and others. And uh, they kind of, they, got, I think they fouled Trey twice in a row. That's the wrong guy to foul if you are Houston. And uh, the Hawks kind of were able to hold on to uh, push because, again, the Hawks were 10 point favorites. They won by 10. And that was pretty interesting in itself. Before I give some takeaways on this game uh, in the aggregate, I'm gonna I'm not gonna play the entire thing for you, but uh, I, I wanted to at least share with you Nate McMillan's kind of first foray. He was his first question answered um, in the post game. So here's Nate talking about their effort in this particular setting. I thought our defense uh, did a good job for the most part, uh, you know, holding them to 42 percent from the field. Uh, but we did give up two 30-point quarters. Uh, that's something that we don't want to do. Um, I thought uh, we, we got stops, uh, or we forced them to miss. We didn't finish the play rebound in the basketball, giving up 15 offensive boards. Uh, it's way too many, you know. And, uh, you know, so we cleaned that up. Uh, it's a really uh, a solid game uh, by our guys. And uh, it's, just, it's a good game to build off of. Uh, you know, we talked about establishing our defense. Um, and I thought we got the stops uh, when we needed to. So you hear there from Nate, and uh, I'll give you my thoughts on this one. Offensively first, the Hawks ended up this game with a 110 offensive rating. That's not great for a team like the Hawks, especially against a pretty bad defensive team in Houston, but it's understandable when you shoot 7 of 28 from 3, and it was even worse than that for most of the way. Um, the Hawks did shoot 58% from two. That's a really good number. Um, 56 points at the paint is a very high number for the Hawks. They had 30 assists and nine turnovers. That's a heck of a ratio. You definitely love to see that. The Hawks were a very good turnover team last year and also a pretty high assist team, relatively speaking, but that's an elite ratio, 30 to nine. That's awesome. 24 of those assists from Trey and DeJounte. That's a lot. Also, th- those guys became the, fir- the only the third pairing in Hawks history to have at least 20 points and 10 assists in the same game together. And this is in their debut their first game together so obviously a pretty imp- impressive display there they did take a whopping 41 shots between the paint area sort of the four feet area and three-point line that's a lot of mid-range attempts basically that's kind of the all mid-range classification that is probably too many for any team i think the hawks are going to take a lot more than most teams do because they have trey they have Dejounte, and they have hunter those guys work in that area even collins does but I think they, you know, they're not going to shoot 23 or 41 from there a lot, which is what happened in this game. Now the counter would be the Hawks are not going to shoot 728 from three every night either. So there's a little bit of give and take in a one game sample size, but I don't love 41 mid-range attempts. I'll just say that it's probably a lot for any team really, other than maybe Phoenix, but it worked out in this game. They'd have 28 fast break points. That's a ton for this Hawks team because of the turnovers that they were able to create and engineer in this one. They got to the line 24 times. That's a solid number. They made 20 of those. That's a really good number for the Hawks. Uh, Ball movement-wise, it was pretty good, I thought, throughout this one. It was kind of obviously heavily leaning on Trey and Ajante as creators, but no real issue with that as long as they're both healthy. And then offensive glass-wise, there wasn't much there, but that was kind of the only hiccup really besides three-point shooting. Like the baseline, like underlying metrics and your functionality was pretty solid in this game. The Hawks just didn't make a lot of threes. And they didn't get a lot of offensive rebounds, but that was still a, a reasonable performance to have a 110 ish offensive rating with bad three point shooting. You'll take that most of the time. Um, defensively, you heard Nate talk about a couple of these things. They had a couple of iffy quarters defensively, but ended up the game with a 101 defensive rating. I'll say this in general this is a game that was uh, relatively high scoring because it was fast paced. It wasn't like it was not a, a high efficiency environment for either team. 
especially the Rockets. Again, a 101 defensive rating is pretty good defense, obviously, for Atlanta. Um, the Rockets were 9 of 35 from 3. That's part of it, but that's, I thought they were pretty good contesting. And the Hawks did force 60 turnovers in this game. Now, Atlanta's not going to be a elite havoc-creating team, but I think last year they were near the bottom of the league in defensive turnover rate. This year with Murray, with the holidays, it'll be a little bit higher, I'm pretty sure. And that was kind of a good sign in this one that led directly to 28 points. That's it. That's basically a huge swing in the game. Like if you want to circle one stat in the entire game, I'd probably circle the turnover margin in this one between the Hawks taking care of the ball, going nine turnovers and the Rockets to have 16 turnovers. And then basically half of them led directly to points for the Hawks. And uh, even more than that around on sort of the supporting stuff. So obviously a positive swing there. And McMillan said it as well, but uh, the one sort of hiccup defensively in this game was they did not do a great job on, on the defensive glass. That's not a huge surprise. It's always been kind of an issue, with, especially with Capella's off the floor, but we'll come back to that later on as well. But in general, again, this is a pretty positive performance from the Hawks as a team. Probably say that one more time later on in the show, but I thought there wasn't too much to complain about in this one from a defensive standpoint. Um, obviously, Houston is not the best offensive team that they'll see this season, but at the same time, the Hawks did pretty much execute what they wanted to do with the exception of re- rebounding, and they did force a lot of turnovers and make, make things difficult on the Rockets. All right, before we dive into the individual stuff in this game, a word from our sponsors on the show. All right, and only nine guys got into the game in this one. No garbage time to speak of. And everybody played at least 14 minutes. Jalen Johnson was the clear nine of nine with 14 minutes on the floor. Only took one shot, got to the line for, uh, for four free throw attempts. That's good to see. He was pretty aggressive at times. You can definitely see the makings of a transition monster with Jalen Johnson. Part of his appeal is that he's a great athlete and he's absolutely huge and he's skilled in the, he's skilled in the open floor. I will say, though, defensively, there were some miscues. If you watch the tape closely, a um, couple of bad rotations, a couple of bad um, you know, execution things defensively. Not a huge surprise for a guy who hasn't played a ton of minutes, but um, I thought he was okay. I don't think he was very good necessarily in this one, but and I think it does make sense to have him kind of be the ninth man because, A, Collins was playing very well in this one, and also, B, you can also play Hunter a little bit at the four if you wanted to, maybe maybe even Holiday there if you wanted to. I think Jalen is the least proven of these nine guys. Obviously, you know, Aaron Holiday, not the most, like, high-end guy necessarily, but he's much more of a safe option, and with Bogey out, they kind of have to play Aaron Holiday. So I think – if they, if you were to, I said, I sort of guessed this, and I would say it was an educated guess coming into the game today. That if the Hawks were playing a game that mattered, it would be these nine guys. And with the potential exception of AJ Griffin as the 10th, I think that's still the case moving forward until Bogey comes back. This would be the group that I expect. And I think Jalen probably is the ninth guy out of nine, but that's not a bad thing. Him playing and getting some minutes, getting some seasoning, having some flashes, attacking the rim is effective. We'll see uh, more of him in the near future. Speaking of the holidays, they both played 18 minutes in this one, almost exactly. Aaron was two of five from the floor, one of two from three, had three steals, was very active at the point of attack. Um, obviously, limitations as a creator in, with Aaron Holiday. I know he's a point guard sized player, but he doesn't really play point guard. He took one bad shot, I thought, in transition. But other than that, I thought he was very solid. His defensive intensity definitely made, made a difference in this one. He was, his point of attack stuff was, was effective. I think this is a good role for him. If Bogey is around, we'll see how much Aaron Holiday ends up playing, but I think that he uh, definitely is helpful right now playing alongside either DeJounte or Trey. Um, Justin Holiday, only one of five from the floor, didn't make a big three in the second half, but was one of four from three, had three assists, um, had a had a rebound and a steal as well. Kind of a quiet day in a very Justin Holiday fashion. He's sort of a plug-and-play guy, not going to always blow you away. I thought he was just fine, though, in his role. Um, I thought Okongwu was very good in this one, 21, 21 minutes for Okongwu, 13 points, nine rebounds. That's a big number for Okongwu. That's a huge thing for him. I pointed this out for a lot for a, a lot in the last couple of years now that Okongwu at center is a below average rebounder right now. 
But in this game, he was good on the glass. He did have four fouls. That's a little bit of a problem that's carrying over from previous years. He was one for, one for at the line as well, but I thought he was really, really effective um, denying deny, deny the rim, using his foot speed, etc. It was a nice night for a Kong with the office with 13 points and nine rebounds in 21 minutes. Very, very effective. Um, we'll come back to the uh, to the guards at the end. Uh, we'll, we'll do Capella now, sort of back-to-back with the Kongwu. I thought he was good in this game. There was a couple of people pointing out that they thought he struggled. I kind of made fun of this during the game, but somebody uh, already, already already calling for Capella to be traded because of the Kongwu. I thought Capella was good. If you watch the tape back, he's altering a ton of shots to the rim. He is walling off at the rim. I know he only had two points. That's just fine. He took three shots. I don't really care if Capella scores. I don't think they care either. I don't think he even cares. Rebounding-wise, totally fine. Eight rebounds in 26 minutes. Um, two blocks. Like I thought he was pretty good. Um, offensively, obviously pretty quiet, but honestly, you want them to run more through Collins. I do anyway, in pick and roll stuff. That kind of that kind of makes Clint a little bit tough to play with, but that's the same for Kongwu as well. So I thought Clint was just fine. Like he played well defensively. He did his job. He boxed out. Um, I don't think it was like an A plus game, but I, there was this notion that he like struggled, which I don't really see. If you watch the tape, he's not struggling. He's definitely anchoring their defense and uh, doing his, his normal stuff. So I'll leave that I'll leave that there for now. Um, Hunter, I thought was good. In this one, 22 points speaks for itself, but um, he was 9 of 12 on twos. That's really, really intriguing. Um, Three rebounds and one assist. Not a ton of rebounds there. Obviously, it's one of the weaknesses of Hunter at this point in time, but I thought he played well in general. He won't always shoot as well as he did for mid-range as he did in this game. I think he was like, uh, I want to say like 5 of 6 on mid-rangers. That's not always going to be the case, but I thought he was aggressive getting to the rim. 15 shot attempts is just fine for him. And, uh, you know, one, two days, I guess, after his uh, big money payday, um, Played aggressively, played confidently. Uh, he wasn't perfect, but he definitely played well. And uh, more of that is what you need from the for, uh, if you're the Hawks with DeAndre Hunter. I thought Collins was awesome in this game. He was kind of their go-to guy for different parts of this one. Uh, 24 points on only 14 shooting possessions. That's really, really efficient. He was not a 12 from the floor. Two of two from three. Four, four from the free throw line. Eight rebounds. He had a steal as well. Only two turnovers plus 11. Uh, Collins was awesome. I mean, I'm not sure what else to add there. He was going right at Jabari Smith. Obviously, Smith's a rookie, but he's a talented guy. He's a big, strong player, and Collins was like sort of undeterred. I think defensively, he got he got beat a few times by Smith and also by a couple of guys like kind of getting downhill around the guard play. But I thought Collins was very good, and this is a reminder that if you like think he's like not going to be playing well, he's a good player. He seems to be healthy at this point. The finger not going to be an issue. It doesn't seem like at this stage the foot is healed, and I think Collins looks like him like his old self, which is a very very good basketball player. Um, and then Trey and Ajante. So the the downside is that the two of them combined to shoot two of 14 from three in this game. Now, I say that two of 14 from three, and the Hawks still won the game comfortably. Um, and from two, they were both fine. Murray was seven of 14. That's just fine. Trey was six of 13. That's not great, but it's fine. Um, they both got to the line, uh, combined 11 times, they made all 11. Um, and they combined for 24 assists in this one. DeJounte with 20 points, 11 assists, and five steals. His activity defensively is well-documented. He was a well, He's led the league in steals before, so that's not a huge surprise, but he is a habit creator that the Hawks have not had for a while, and that speaks for itself. Um, and then he had a couple of moments that – I mentioned that one sequence in the fourth quarter, but he had a couple of, like, you know, solo kind of takeover moments, which was really good to see. And on the second unit, I kind of joked that I'm, I'm almost not joking. He's going to have, like, a giant usage rate on the second unit without Trey, and that's, that's fine. That's part of the deal. And then Trey, honestly, I thought this is a below average Trey game. And that's not to say that Trey was bad because he wasn't. He was a game high plus 16 in the game. But he was the only guy that I think probably didn't play um, at least average by their own standards. And even then, <laughs> that's how good Trey is. 23 points, 13 assists. Like, what are you going to do? 
he got to the line eight times. At least if he, he figured out what to do to make the make the team better in this one. We obviously did not have his full arsenal. He missed a bunch of shots that he normally makes, so I'm not concerned at all. And uh, again, it says a lot about Trey that his bad game, quote unquote. He was 23, 23 and 13. Uh, what are you going to say? He's awesome. He's a great passer. One of the best in the league. Um, you know, the finishing was just fine around the rim, getting in the line. Uh, defensively, he was frisky a few times. Um, there were some moments when he was definitely sort of just a cone, like he sometimes is on the backside. But there was a couple of hyperbole moments where he was like getting into guys and forcing shot clock violations. And like he picks the spots for sure, but there was a couple of nice flashes there from Trey defensively. So uh, generally speaking, again, a positive day at the office, lots of uh, things to sh- sort of showcase. And if you're McMillan, a lot of stuff to work on as well. They were not perfect in this game by any means, nor did they have to be. That's part of the nature of uh, having a nice friendly opener with a bad team coming to your building at home, but you had to win it and they, and they went out and did it. So there you go. As for the future, the Hawks still have this pretty favorable stretch at the beginning of the season where they have the first five games of the year. They're going to be favored in. It looks like on paper, barring injuries, they will have practice on Thursday, no travel though. They were playing at home again on Friday. I guess the Orlando magic um, Orlando is not supposed to be a great team this year. To say the least, they actually lost tonight in Detroit in, a, in close fought fashion. But kind of like Houston, the Magic have a lot of talent and young talent in Paolo Banquero and Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. and others. They do have some pretty good players on that roster. They were missing some guys in the opener. Um, Markel Fultz is still out. Cole Anthony missed the game. Gary Harris missed the game as well. So pretty shorthanded in the backcourt for Orlando, at least tonight. We'll see for Friday. But it's definitely still a friendly spot for Atlanta with no travel. The Hawks will be favored in the game almost certainly. And uh, just as a, as a programming note, I have to travel for work. Actually, I'm leaving in just a few hours. I'm going to get uh, very little sleep on this evening. But that's the nature of the beast when you're covering the basketball team that I cover and uh, all this, all that fun stuff. But I will be on the road, but I will be bringing a podcast on Friday night at some point. So keep, keep it locked there. Please subscribe to the podcast. I will not be in the building, unfortunately, for that one, despite it being at home. But um, that's the nature of uh, me having several jobs and having to travel. And that's just kind of the way it goes. But I'll have as much as I possibly can be plugged in for that one. Please subscribe to the show across platforms. That's including, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and YouTube on the video side. The best thing you can possibly do to support the podcast is to, is to download the show multiple times across platforms, whatever you, how you want to do that, um, whether it's YouTube and something on the audio side or multiple audio podcasts, et cetera. All that helps, and I really appreciate the support. Please follow the show on Twitter as well, at Locked on Hawks. Follow me on Twitter at BT Roland and the Atlanta Hawks are one to know not a bad start for an 82 game marathon. We'll be here the entire way. So keep it locked. And we'll see you later on this week.